0: What London Can Be is brought to you by London Community Foundation, an organization dedicated to improving communities across London and Middlesex County. Welcome to What London Can Be, the podcast where we navigate our shifting world, shine a light on the issues our city is facing, and explore the innovative Made in London solutions to critical challenges in our community. I'm Diane Silva, Director of Philanthropy at Lenin Community Foundation. Today, on a special edition of What Lenin Can Be, we'll be revisiting a talk given by Marcy Allen Easton at LCF's Vital Conversation Be Equal on December 4th, 2019. Marcy talks about what more needs to be done in order to truly achieve gender equality and shares her own personal story of recovery and resilience. Let's listen.
1: Good evening and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you all this evening. My name is Marcia Allen Easton and I am the current chair of Women in Politics London. I wanna start by apologizing for my voice. It doesn't usually sound this way but I've been struggling this week with laryngitis. Uh, I actually woke up this morning not quite sure if I was gonna come and speak to you or if I was just gonna pass you all a copy of my notes and hope at the end of your reading you gave me a little applause. United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 5 is achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. The preamble for the platform for this goal begins with while some indicators of gender equality are progressing, the paragraph ends with despite progress in implementing gender responsive budgeting globally, gaps remain. This past September 28th, London's University of Western Ontario celebrated FOCO, fake homecoming. During the event, banners were posted across the front of student-occupied homes in a neighborhood next to the university. One read, if your girl goes to Western, she's not yours anymore. Another stated, my roommate is a virgin, please help. Well yet another said, queen girls spit, Western girls swallow. As you can imagine, the uproar in the city was hard and swift. Women's groups, as well as individuals, took to social media and print media to share their disgust. On October 1st, Western's new president released a statement in the form of a letter. The letter begins with the president stating, Working with our community task force partners, especially the USC, we improve the safety of our students. The statement begins by celebrating the fact that fewer ambulance calls and injuries were reported. The second last paragraph of seven states, it was upsetting to see a couple of banners in the neighborhood that demonstrated a lack of respect for women. Casual misogyny passed off as a joke is always corrosive. We've made progress through this year. There's still more work to do. On October 11th of this year, London Free Press News article was released on social media with the headline, Former St. Thomas Cop Sentenced to 30 Months for a Sexual Relationship with a Teen. The article was in reference to a St. Thomas police officer who had been arrested and convicted for sexually assaulting and raping a teenage child. The first line of the story read, He was led out of the courtroom in handcuffs for the sexual relationship he had for almost a year and a half with a 15-year-old girl. On October 21st of this year, a statement was released by our new London police chief regarding a horrendous assault by a London police sergeant on a woman handcuffed in custody. The woman was physically assaulted in the station while being held down by four other officers. One of the last lines of the chief's statement read, events such as this provide an opportunity to reflect and identify areas of growth. I cannot tell you how many times I've sat down to read an article or a statement written in reference or response to what is an incredibly serious issue and I've read through it often feeling hope and excitement only to get to the last few lines and say there it is. There's the softening, those soft words. Often words typically associated with positivity improvement. Do they make the story more comfortable, easier for the reader to read, easier for the reader to digest the words they've just read? They're always there, often subtle, hidden amongst the other words. While some indicators of gender equality are progressing, this leads one to believe it's getting better. It's not as bad as it used to be, which then begs the question, Why give this kind of priority required to be included as a global SDG? Hanging banners filled with misogyny and oozing of rape culture should not be referred to as casual, casual misogyny. There's nothing casual about this. Using words like couple, casual and joke downplay the seriousness of these issues. Describing rape and sexual assault as a relationship can quickly leave a reader with a sense of that wasn't so bad, was it? or, it was her choice too, or, it takes two to tangle, implying that a 15-year-old child has the ability and power to make decisions as an adult. Using the term opportunity in a statement regarding the severe beating of a woman while in police custody is akin to saying, well, at least it ended on a positive note, or some good has come from this. Not for the victim, it hasn't. What are some of the things we hear when a woman community leader or a politician speaks out against these types of injustices? We hear, oh, they're so shrill, or they always over-exaggerate. They're taking things too far. They're far too emotional. One needs only to take a moment to visit one of our own local female politicians' Twitter or Facebook feeds, and you'll quickly see many of these comments there. When a woman speaks out against gender-based violence, and institutional gender-based violence, the inequality there is often pushback and accusations of making a mountain out of a molehill. That is not nearly as bad as they stated. So how do we fix it? Well, we know, we know that when we have women in leadership positions, CEOs, executive directors, police chiefs, editors, politicians, Women's issues are not only better represented, but they're taken more seriously and communicated with the urgency that they deserve. The United Nations has set a benchmark, albeit a low one, stating countries should have a minimum female political representation of 30%. Meeting this threshold of women in power is said to be what's needed to properly address our interests and issues and our needs in both policy and decision making. In Canada, on average, women make up 26% of our elected officials. We can't ensure our issues are represented. We cannot ensure our issues will be given the weight they deserve. We cannot ensure our issues will be put forth with seriousness and urgency if we're not meeting, at the very least, the minimum requirement. When policy and decisions are made without us, they can't be informed by the reality of what we know, by the lived experience of women, all women, queer and trans women, black women, indigenous women, women with with disabilities, we can't settle. We can't allow the narrative to convince others that it's not so bad. We can't allow the narrative to lessen the impact of misogyny and rape, or rape culture. We cannot allow the narrative to speak for us. We must demand not only individual accountability, but also accountability framework Framework required for real change to occur at the highest level possible in our media, in our institutions, in our government, municipal, provincial and federal. If we do not continue to demand accountability and a place at these decision-making tables, we risk seeing policy being created without us. We risk losing our voice as women. We risk losing our rights as women. There is absolutely a place for discussing improvements and achievements in regards to equity. This should not be recognized, or it should be recognized, and it absolutely should be celebrated. But interjecting interjecting this language in and amongst stories, examples, apologies, and reporting of gender-based violence has the true potential to cause more harm than good. Look, I myself have been a victim of institutional gender-based violence. I grew up in children's services. I spent a handful of years of my youth struggling with a heroin addiction and living on the streets of London, in and out of trouble. I experienced things no young woman should ever have to at the hands of power. And there are two things I know with certainty today. One, none. Not any of those horrible experiences that I struggled with or suffered through are my fault, none of them. And two, No no matter how many times I say those words, there continues to be someone who will always believe they were. We've waited long enough, and now it's time to change. Thank you.
0: Wow. Thank you to Marcy for sharing her personal story and insights. That was inspiring and eye-opening. As Marcy pointed out, although women have come a long way in terms of achieving equality, there's still much more work to be done. The phrase, nothing about us without us, really rings true here. Women's leadership and representation is essential to ensuring women's voices are heard and to foster a space where future generations of women have the opportunity to maximize their potential. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What London Can Be. Look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn how to subscribe to this podcast and for more information about today's guest, visit us at lcf.on.ca slash whatlondoncanbe. If you like this podcast, tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find links on our website. Thank you again for joining us.